0: Welcome to the Albany Update with Rev. Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire.
1: Hello, and thank you for joining me for this week's edition of the Albany Update. The news that has dominated the cycle this week has been regarding the pandemic and specifically the coronavirus vaccine that has now become available for certain segments of society. There are questions on both sides of the issue, but largely it revolves around, will there be a mandate here in New York? Well, we now have legislation that would impose a mandate. We'll discuss that bill and some counter-efforts that are happening in the state capitol. And also, this is Christmas week, and so as much as there is politics in the air at all times, it seems, it is important for us to pause and to remember, yes, the reason for the season, and so we'll take a few moments today and just help focus our thoughts on this Christmas season and on what Christmas is all about. So with that said, let's go ahead and get started. If you thought the great mask divide of 2020 was contentious, get ready for the vaccine mandate debate of 2021. A New York state lawmaker has introduced a bill that if passed and signed into law could lead to a COVID-19 vaccination mandate. The bill Assembly 11179 was introduced at the request of Assemblymember Linda Rosenthal, a Manhattan Democrat. In summary, the bill would add a new section to the public health law that permits the state to implement a COVID 19 vaccine mandate if public health officials determine that not enough of the public is receiving a coronavirus vaccine to establish herd immunity, generally believed to be at least 70% of the population although Ms. Rosenthal believes that number would need to be higher, somewhere between 75 and 80%, and I've even heard the governor use a figure of 85% upon one occasion. The New York State Bar Association, representing the state's legal profession, last month called on the Empire State to mandate COVID-19 vaccinations for citizens, with some limitations. Look, New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms is not principally opposed to vaccination but we do intend to oppose any coronavirus vaccine mandates. We're grateful that for those pro-life New Yorkers who choose to receive ethical vaccinations, that there are alternatives in both the Pfizer and the Moderna COVID-19 immunizations coming to New York this month. We only wish the same could be said for the AstraZeneca and the Johnson & Johnson vaccinations. However, in either case, we believe that ultimately this is a decision that should be made between a patient and her doctor. Sound familiar? Certainly, some Assemblymember Rosenthal, who's a major pro-abortion advocate, would understand the premise of Her Body, Her Choice. Well, a Reuters Ipsos poll, recently conducted the week of December 2nd through 8th, shows that 35% of women are choosing to take a pass on receiving the vaccine. Causing more concern for public health officials is the fact that mothers make about 80% of health care decisions for their children, and they're more likely to be the caregivers when a child falls ill. This is according to the U.S. Department of Labor. In other words, if mama doesn't want the vaccine, it's highly unlikely that dad and the kids will receive it either. Moms aren't the only ones expressing hesitation at the thought of this mandate, though. Assembly Minority Leader Will Barkley, a Pulaski Republican, was diagnosed with COVID 19 in November. But he still expressed concerns with the Rosenthal bill. Quote, I think it's a little premature to be talking about it, he emphasized. First, we don't even have the vaccines in New York yet. I certainly plan on taking it, and I would encourage everyone else to get vaccinated. But the knee jerk reaction of some of my colleagues in the legislature is to immediately take away civil liberties. Well, Barclay isn't alone. Senator Pat Gallivan, a Republican from Elma, told WBEN, I'm not okay with government mandating that something is injected into the body of one of its citizens. And the Conservative Party of New York State has also joined the opposition effort. In a memo issued to members of the legislature last week, the party states, There is no doubt that a vaccine will be useful in stemming the spread of this dangerous and deadly virus and those who want to or need to have it should be able to access the various COVID-19 vaccines that will be available. However, government must not make the mistake that a new, albeit FDA-approved, vaccine should be mandated. And the opposition is bipartisan. I don't think it's a good idea, said Assemblyman Pat Burke, a Democrat from Buffalo. I think it would be very difficult, if not impossible, to mandate something like this. There's no way to enforce it, he said. Assembly Majority Leader Crystal People Stokes, also a Buffalo Democrat, indicated that she is not inclined to support the bill. WGRZ asked Member Rosenthal about concerns from those who believe the state should not be mandating individuals to get a vaccine. Rosenthal replied, this is a matter that will be decided based on science and best practices and not on people's blowback. That's why the power resides with the State Department of Health. I find Ms. Rosenthal's words very troubling. The notion that a representative of the people would not respond to the people she represents, but falls back that the power resides with the administration, with government. Well, New Yorkers have a choice in the matter, according to Ms. Rosenthal, until Ms. Rosenthal disagrees with their decision. Then Manhattan sensibilities supersede many moms across the state. Well, I'm pleased to tell you that in a related matter, Assemblyman John Salka, a Republican from Brookfield, has introduced legislation that preserves the individual's right to choose whether or not to receive a COVID vaccination, while prohibiting a mandate. When it comes to minors or incapacitated adults, parents and guardians, respectively, would be permitted to decide if those in their charge receive the vaccination. The Salka bill, Assembly 11172, is presently co-sponsored by 11 Republican members of Assembly. Ra, DeStefano, Taig, Melissa Miller, Brabinek, Montesano, Goodell, Lawler, Manktelo, Smullen, and McDonough. Both the Rosenthal and Salka bills have been assigned to the Assembly Health Committee. Neither has same-as-legislation in the state Senate. And when the legislature returns in January, unless there's a special session the last week of the year, and that's possible, we'll certainly be working to oppose a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. We believe that this is a matter of individual liberty. We believe it's a matter of parental rights. We believe this goes along with our agenda of promoting strong families and preserving liberty. So thank you for your continued support for our work. In another matter, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and following say this, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, Do you ever wonder if we Christian Americans do Christmas wrong? It's not that the things we do at Christmas are bad. Hospitality is good. Connecting with friends and relatives is good. Giving gifts is good, although at times I'm sure it can be excessive. And the same is true for holiday meals and Christmas cookies and all that comes along with that. I've been privileged to celebrate Christmas here in America, New York State, but also at times overseas particularly in West Africa, where my wife grew up. And as I think about serving in both of those places and celebrating this holiday in both of those places, there are times where I have felt closer to my God in a West African Christmas than sometimes in an Empire State one. There is a certain simplicity to Christmas in West Africa. There have been times where I've just gathered with a small body of believers to celebrate that Christmas. Very few presents, very few decorations, very view of anything other than the scriptures and the joy of being with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Or of going out into the desert areas and out into the villages to deliver a single piece of chocolate to a child, who that would be their only Christmas gift, to watch the smile on their face on that Christmas morning. For some of those kids, it may be the only piece of chocolate they ever taste. The simplicity of their Christmas morning. If we're not careful All of the good things that we can do as American Christians can cause us to lose focus on the point of the day, the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ the Messiah, the baby born to a pregnant teenager in a stable, the infant whose family was at least temporarily homeless, the baby whose birth was heralded by a host of angels, the child so feared that the tyrant who ruled his land slaughtered every baby boy in the neighborhood in an attempt to prevent him from ever reaching adulthood. The growing boy, who stayed behind in Jerusalem, and whose parents found him in the temple. The adult man, who preached the gospel, performed miracles, healed the sick, loved the unlovable, ate with tax collectors and sinners, and outwitted the so-called holy men, who plotted his downfall. The sinless Lamb of God, who willingly endured torture, humiliation, and crucifixion, so that fallen and desperate human beings could be reconciled to a just and righteous God. The risen Savior who conquered death and ascended into heaven, promising to return in a day and time known only to his Father. I remember teaching my kids how to hit a baseball, and you'd sometimes hear me say the words, keep your eye on the ball. I'm sure many of you have had that experience as well. Otherwise, the child may swing and miss. And friends, I want to challenge us not to miss the point of the season this Christmas. Let's not let our eyes be distracted from the one we celebrate. With the angels of Christ's birth, may we say glory to God in the highest, and unearth peace, goodwill toward men. And maybe that's a little bit of why I so enjoy those West African Christmases, because everything else was stripped away, and you could focus on the Christ child at Christmas. And maybe that's why this Christmas also feels a bit like a special gift. I know it's going to be somewhat odd to say it this way, but the pandemic moment in which we are in has allowed us to focus on things that truly are important. We think a lot more about community than we used to. We think a lot more about gathering and worship and the freedom to do so than we used to. We think a lot more about family and the people that are gathered around our table. And we think about things like special foods and treats that maybe you can't always get when there are shortages on supplies and runs on various stores. And so this Christmas, as we gather around the tables and as we gather around the tree and we gather with our family, whether it's small or a little larger, I pray that we'll not be distracted, but be able to focus on the Christ child. And so from all of us at New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, I just want to wish our friends and supporters a Merry Christmas. It is a privilege. It is an honor to serve you in Albany, New York, and in Washington, D.C., And our team is pleased to be able to help our state and our nation move to be a place where God is honored, religious freedom flourishes, families thrive, and life is cherished. To be honest, we can't do it without your support. And so as we head into the final week of the year, we move from Christmas into the New Year holiday, it is very important that our organization continues to raise the needed support. We're probably about halfway there and where we need to be in this December goal. There's about another $75,000 we're going to have to raise before the end of the year. And so as you listen to this program, I would encourage you to consider a special year-end gift to New Yorkers Family Research Foundation, our educational arm. So from all of us at New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms and New Yorkers Family Research Foundation, I want to say thank you, and we wish you a Merry Christmas and a very happy new year.
0: You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at Facebook.com slash Albany Update, follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update, or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.